Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The world has changed, and Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com slash Teams. It's time! With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We It's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Greenville, South Carolina, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. President Trump, film, politics, TV. UFC, it's sex, drugs, rock and roll, no holes barred radio, folks. And we are here today with my partner and co-host, TJ DeSantis, and our very special guest, Lori Bischoff. Lori, how are you? I'm doing just fantastic. Thank you, Bruce. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing wonderful. TJ, great week. Good to have you back. Oh, man, it's not been a great week, but that's neither here nor there. I'm happy to be back. I was stuck in Little Rock, Arkansas for a whole day. And Little Rock's a great town. I love Arkansas. It's just no town is a great town when you want to go home on Father's Day and can't. That's got to be one of the more, I mean, I've been through these scenarios too, and that's got to be one of the most frustrating things I've ever gone through. When there's nothing you can do and you can't get out to get where you want to be. Right. It's the worst. And if you've been to one hotel, you've been to all of them. So uh, it could have been Little Rock, Arkansas, or Beijing, China, or Toronto, Ontario. It was just an unnecessary hotel room, and uh, I watched TV, went to bed, and tried to fly home all day the next day. So, But I'm here. We made it. Next time, let me negotiate your contract so they make sure they put you at the Four Seasons or the Ritz, and you won't even say that statement ever again. Well, that, and- that, 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 yeah, I mean, okay, that's true. But I, I, was, I didn't want to pay for a hotel room, and this is what American Airlines was giving me, so. There you go. God bless America. God bless American Airlines. And bless Lori Bischoff. Lori, we have, you know, talked with, Various people that have done motivational speeches. Uh, Damon John's been on the show. We've had a numerous amount of different people on the show. There are muses in life. There are life coaches in life. Uh, there are people that help people to get their positive experiences and perform at their best in life. You are a personal performance coach. New Paradigm Mind Body Wellness is the name of your company. I find this very fascinating. Can you tell our audience, and we have an international audience, can you please tell them what exactly a personal performance coach does? and what your specialties are. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Bruce. Well, I like to say personal performance coach because really I'm like a personal, it's like having a personal trainer for your life, right? So I I work with people that they really are interested and committed to 
you know, the task of learning how to perform well in all aspects of their life. And I think that for me, that it's never just like one thing. If somebody comes to you and, you know, they're having um, a relationship problem or they're, uh, you know, they're stuck trying to figure out how to get to this next level or the, reach this next goal or or their diet is messed up and their health is, you know, needing some work. All of those things are seemingly, you know, one area of your life, but really they, they're all connected and they all affect each other. So, you know, when I'm working with a person, inevitably at some point we are going to be looking at, you know, their physical health and their diet. We're going to be looking at their mental diet and we're going to be looking at their spiritual diet. And I don't mean like, what religion are you? You know, I mean, you know, what is it that you believe in that's beyond matter, you know, beyond the physical, beyond the material world? What is life about for you? So all of those things are connected and they come into play no matter what the presenting issue is. You know what I mean? So I just feel like it's really about how do we want to perform at our best, what whatever that definition is for each individual, because clearly it's going to be different for everybody. Um, how, you know, what is that? What does that mean for you? What does it look like? So we just we work on all of those things as they come up and to various degrees, depending on the person and, and what it is, you know, that they're um, challenged with. So that's that's really it. I, I just think that, um, you know, those practices and beliefs that we have with all of those areas I just mentioned, you know, the physical, the mental, the spiritual, they all motivate our behavior and they influence our, our model of the world, you know, and how we choose to be in the world and what we think is possible or not possible. With that, you know, and and beautifully said, and I love all of this because it's very important in my opinion for all of us to have what I call PMA, which is a positive mental attitude. And Mm -hmm. You're focusing on that. It's almost like, and tell me if I'm off base, when you have a new client that comes in that you work with, your teachings are all, you just laid it out in a nutshell, what you what you uh, teach, what you help guide and everything else. But you got to sit down with that individual and find out what makes them tick, what their passions are, because it sounds to me like you're tying them into their passions, allowing them to do what's very important because you can't love your, you can't love someone else before you love yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and when it comes into going out there and, and performing at your best, whether it's in your personal life, your business life, health is a big point of this too. I'm a big practitioner of this when I do my motivational speeches, whether I'm talking to business people, teaching branding and marketing or whatever, and, and talking in a business sense, I always bring the health factor in because it's like a car. If you don't put the oil in the car and good oil at that when you're supposed to, the right gas and the maintenance and everything else, the car's going to break down. Our bodies are our cars. Exactly. And we need to have that strength. We need to have that base. And I love the fact that you combine the health and the uh, into that because then with health, you gain happiness and with yourself. And with happiness, you perform better, and that creates wealth. So you're teaching health, wealth, and happiness with the physical, mental, behavior breakdown. And I love your, your target on the spiritual because for me, I'm not a religious person, but I'm a spiritual person. But when I talk to somebody, I'll say, God bless you. And what I mean by that is whoever their God is, whoever it is, I hope they bless you. Because wherever you draw your power from to be your best, I'm going to support you on that fact as long as it's for the good and not the bad. So yeah. good, good stuff. I like this. 
Yeah, exactly. I I love what you just said too. We're we're totally aligned, and and you're right. You know, when it comes to spirituality, it's really is you know the the god of your understanding. So, um, for some people, it's that more traditional sense, and for for other people, it might be um, you know energy and the law of attraction and quantum physics. So whatever that is for you. Um, you know, make it work for you. And if that's your belief, you know, I always ask people when I start working with them, you know, are you religious? Do you have a spiritual belief? What is your outlook? Um, what resonates with you? Because that way I know how to speak to them in a language when we're talking about that subject that they can relate to. Exactly. And then you're treating them as an equal. And that's very important because I believe all of us are created equal. Our mental and some physical abilities we have can be better than others and that's what helps us stand out in our individual pursuits of life but you mentioned something and, and while we're throwing out these um little scenarios you said god of attraction I, one of the things that i always practice which is god i believe we're all gods in our own right with all respect to the word because god to me means governor of my own destiny ultimately mm -hmm. i'm the one that's got to make the final decision just as the people I've helped in the past being a, you know, not a performance coach necessarily, but just a muse or helpful, you know, spiritually. But we make all our own decisions. Ultimately, no matter who you believe in, what you believe in, whatever, you're the one that has to make the decision. And that's where people have to realize that to assume responsibility for their actions. Totally. Absolutely. I, I have that same belief. I think that we are all literally individuations of God or of the divine of source. I refer to it as source because that pretty much just <laughs> leaves nothing out. Right. right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right? Of and course. So, yeah, it is. about. It is all about um, I'm a big proponent of having, you know, knowing what your personal constitution is and taking full responsibility for your degree of happiness or or lack thereof. In, in your life. And I talk about that when I, I wrote a book um, called Common Sense Happiness, uh, which I published in, in 2011. And that is exactly uh, what most of the principles in the book are about, is really taking responsibility for creating your version of, of happiness um, and peace in your life. That's wonderful. Now, while we're on, you know, on the subject of your book and such, please tell our audience before we go into the news stories and everything, how we get a hold of you, What's the best way to get a hold of you so they can learn more about Lori Bischoff and your work as a personal performance coach? Sure, sure. So I am, of course, on pretty much all the, the social media platforms. Um, Instagram is uh, Lori, L-O-R-E-E -E, dot Bischoff, B-I-S-C-H-O-F-F. Also, LoriBischoff.com. You know, that's the that's a great way to reach me. Uh, Facebook, um, Twitter. So any of the social media platforms, you can find me. And of course, um, my We're Talking Shift podcast is on on, on Mondays. And um, that all that information is on my website as well. I'm not hard to find. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Actually, nobody's hard to find these days with social right? media. But yeah, exactly. Speaking of which, I'd like you to please give my best to say hello to your husband, Eric Bischoff, a man who I worked with for many years, uh, managing yeah. my brother in the WCW back in the heyday of wrestling. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Eric, yeah. always the always the character. Eric, we did a movie together called Ready to Rumble with Warner Brothers. Um, numerous, you know, appearances by Michael in the WCW. We, Michael and I, Michael especially, he loved working with Eric. He loved the WCW. I loved the experiences. Eric is definitely someone that's very interesting and fun and and quite a maverick in his own right. I mean, are you a personal performance coach for Mr. Bischoff? 
Well, um, you know what? I, I try to be pretty humble about that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I, I don't yeah. think you can have anybody better. Right? That sounds like a perfect match made in heaven. <laughs> but yeah, and, and but I have to, I, I, I'm going to give my man props though. He is that for me as well. So we, uh, we have a good formula. Uh, we've been together for over 35 years. So um, we know each other pretty well. We have um, come up, you know, together from uh, being in our 20s and uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And and I like what you said. He is he is absolutely a maverick. He is a visionary. And uh, I have learned a ton from him. And I know he would say the same thing. You know, he's learned a ton from me. But that's the whole idea of being in relationship with somebody. Right. You get to. Um, you get to learn about yourself, you get to grow and hopefully you're each other's biggest fan and you're, uh, cheering your partner on, um, to, you know, rising to their greatest potential. And, uh, and so it's been a fun ride with, with him. He is, he is my magic man. You guys, I, right. I love him to death. He's in uh, Australia right now as we speak. So I think it's tomorrow there. <laughs> yeah. It, believe me. I know that. I know the Australian time zone very right. well, very well. Yes, it is tomorrow. And, uh, I think 35 years in marriage, 35 years in friendship, being best friends, you know, as, as obviously you must be that to me is the ultimate personal performance. So congratulations on that. Yeah. Thank you. Now we're going to go into some news here. Um, first off, uh, TJ, as you know, and I'm telling the audience there, I will not be in Greenville, South Carolina, announcing the UFC this Saturday. Uh, I will be in Minneapolis the week after, and of course, the huge show in Las Vegas the week after that. Uh, check in, tune in. Uh, it's going to be a heck of a show. Definitely a lot of action happening. The main event is uh, Moicano and the Korean Zombie. Is that correct, TJ? It is, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's a fun fight. Co-main event is a rematch between John Lineker and uh, Rob Font. So a uh, lot on the line there at 135. I mean, I, I don't want to overlook this Greenville card, but I'm jealous, Buff. You're, you're going back home for me uh, in Minneapolis. So uh, ha have fun there in the land of snow and purple rain. I absolutely will. I absolutely will. And uh, is there anybody special you would like to go to that show? No, no, not really, no. Okay, well, I could tell. All my <laughs> Lori, friends moved. All my friends was, moved. What, what, I was going to say. Lori, we could tell the TJ wrote everybody off in Minneapolis. <laughs> They're done. No, okay, I've, got oh, it. Oh, no. <laughs> I, no I, I, I've I got people there. I was born and raised in Minneapolis. I wow. Know. Yeah, see? T two Minnesotans on the line with you uh, yeah. right here. But, Bruce, I, I've forgotten everyone, uh, you know, back home, but I I haven't forgotten where I came from. Just I just forgot everybody else. That's something that I tell everybody in my own coaching, and that's basically never forget where you came from. Never forget that. Well, you can't Look, forget where, where you were. Yeah, yeah, you can't forget where you were uh, in order to know where you're going, essentially, in my opinion. There we go. Let's keep throwing these uh, adages out. I love this. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Now, the UFC's Mary Chasson, okay, is homeless Macy. after a crane. Macy. Macy, 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 Macy Sorry. Macy Chasson. Pardon me. Um, is homeless after a crane in Dallas crushed her apartment. Did you see the picture of this, TJ? I did. I have no idea how something like that happens. And unfortunately, someone passed away in this this tragic accident. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like, everything's fine. You're going about your day. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, there's a crane in my living room. Not a bird, an actual heavy machinery crane. I, I don't know how that computes in your brain. Like, you got to think, okay, I'm dreaming. I'll wake up any second. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's nuts. I mean, you know, all, all best wishes to Macy, you know, a dynamite fighter. 
dynamite, but so young and such a big future ahead of her. Sure, she'll make plenty of money to buy or build her own building. But you know what? That's a scary situation. I hope everything works out. That Another is scary-, scary. You know, I have to say real quick, I think that when um, when things like that happen, I, I look at it like maybe the universe was trying to give her a message <laughs> and she didn't get it. <laughs> She didn't get it the first time or the second time or the third time. So then the universe went, right, we're going to make sure that she gets it now. It's time to move, girl. Yeah, we're going to lock this decision down. <laughs> there you go. Crazy. Listen, this is a little tragic. And my heart, uh, my condolences rather and best wishes go out to the family. Um, but I work with this gentleman and the referee, Chris Reed, MMA referee, who is also the, the Texas police chief uh, where he lives. The, it's called Gama police chief, Chris Reeves, uh, was found in the water, right? After a 40 hour search, it turns out that supposedly he was recovered after a boating accident and he passed away as a result of the accident. They can't quite figure out how this happened, but you know, I worked with him and I just want to say again, uh, condolences and best wishes go out to his family. He served as a police chief, obviously a very fine, upstanding man and tragedy hit. And hopefully his family will be, uh, go through this well. And, and, uh, Again, best wishes go out. Do you did you know him, TJ? Do you ever uh, work with him? No, I, I don't believe so. No. Okay. Uh, we always talk about this, uh, Lori, on the show when when key people that are involved in some six degrees of separation, aside from popular people that you know did a lot of service and a lot of justice to the world, they deserve to be mentioned when that time comes. And we always give our credits to that on It's Time Radio. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you. All right, now something a little on the other side of the coin, but don't rule out a Justin Bieber-Tom Cruise fight in the UFC. Who said this? Who said this? But Dana White himself. Just yesterday on TMZ, Dana White said there's a very real chance. This is unbelievable, but there's a very real chance that you could actually throw down in the octagon. So Bieber, as we know, a week or so ago, 25 years old, Justin Bieber, calls out 56-year-old Tom Cruise. Dana blew it off initially until he got some phone calls with people connected to these two superstars, and now he says it could happen. No! Okay. No! Yes. yes. No! Yes. You want to know yes. why it won't happen, Bruce? I'll tell you straight up right now. Tell me straight up. Tom Cruise is worth a half a billion dollars, okay? Right, right. Justin Bieber is worth a quarter of a billion dollars. Right. Okay? Financially, they don't need this. Beyond that... Justin Bieber already said he'll probably kick my ass. So he doesn't want an ass whooping. And honestly, Tom Cruise doesn't need to give Justin Bieber an ass whooping. This is not happening. This this is a, a clear example of combat sports, uh, you know, hearkening back to the circus days. And this is just a grab attention. I'm sorry. It's just it's just part of the circus. I say put Justin Bieber's $250 million down against half of Tom Cruise's half million, winner take all. Let's see this happen. If it happens, it could be the biggest uh, pay-per-view in the history of pay-per-view. But I agree with you, TJ, because as Dana White once said, all fighters want to be actors and all actors want to be fighters. And we're just seeing a little example of this right here. I would watch that. I would definitely watch See, that. Lori's part of the problem. You know, <laughs> she's got she's got 60 bucks burning a hole in her pocket to see Justin Bieber get yep. his ass beat by Tom Cruise. And that's why Dana White says these things, because you know what? Dana's a marketer and we're talking about it. And that's smart business. It's not going to happen. But a nah. smart business. 
Now well, it, it, it's all BS, but it would be fun. It's, I would. It's like that pay per view, Lori, that I uh, bought to see Eric Bischoff fight Vince McMahon in WCW, <laughs> and Vince didn't show up yeah. and got counted out. But I bought it. Listen, I'm getting into this right yep. now. I'm getting a little excited about. It. I want to announce it. So let's just try this out. And now, fighting out of the blue corner, standing five feet nine inches tall, weighing in at twenty five pounds. Just kidding about that. <laughs> But he is 25 years of age. Justin the Beebs Beaver. Baby, Fighting. baby, baby. Wait. He's got his theme song. Sorry, I had to Wait, say let me, it. Wait, let me finish. Let me finish. I know. Fighting out of the red corner, his opponent. At 56 years old, standing 5 feet 7 inches tall, with 2 inches less reach, 2 inches less height, no MMA fights to his credit, but he is... Tom Mission Impossible Crew. Is that the Mission Impossible theme? I don't I don't know how to sing that one. Sorry. If it is, you owe him money. That's all I can tell you. (laughs) I don't think he owns the rights to the Mission Impossible theme, but maybe. Tom Cruise probably owns the rights a lot, but not no no, because that goes back to the TV days. That was the original TV show. And I, as a matter of fact, I know the name of the person that wrote it, and it's it's on the tip of my tongue. I'll get it before the end of the show. Okay, guys, the Drake curse is over. Toronto won the NBA championship. Drake was in the corner. We can't bust his you-know-whats anymore about the fact that when he's with the team, a fighter, whatever, they lose. Because now they won, so the Drake curse is over. That's all that needs to be said there. Okay, now I, again, said I would not go to the Santa Anita racetrack after I read that five horses had died in one day over there, or uh, that short period of time. This now let let get this. Twenty nine horses now have died at Santa Anita Racetrack this season, and they claim that that may be the track's safest season in eight years. Meaning more what? horses in the past have died. So okay? fi- so this is just a case of people are actually finally talking about it. Yeah, are you ready for this? In two thousand eighteen, uh-huh. thirty seven horses died. Twenty while they were racing. Oh my God. Seventeen while they were training. In two thousand seventeen. 54 horses died, 26 racing, 28 training, and 1657, 39 and 15, 45 and 14, 36 and 13, 59 and 12, 30 and 11, 34 and 10, 33 and 9, and 38 in 2008. And and people try to say combat sports is barbaric. My God. This is the par the parable, excuse me. This is the comparison I wanted to make. All right. Our fighters, ladies and men. Boys and girls, okay, they are fighting each other in an organized sport called mixed martial arts, right? We have had, to my understanding, in the 25 years that the mixed martial arts, or shall we say the UFC, has been on, you know, existing, I think the total is three deaths total. I mean, it's, which is horrific. It's, it's more than that. but Is it more? Yeah, it's more than that. But nobody in the UFC, no one's ever no, passed nobody away from in UFC. UFC competition, and, yeah. And boxing, I think, is still five or more a year. Uh, right. But here we're, we're talking horse racing. These are thoroughbreds, just like fighters are thoroughbreds. They're taken care of. You know, I mean, here here's the problem, in, in my opinion, and maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but uh, I still believe it to be true. Uh, maybe this is a little too hippie of me, but a life is a life, okay? And it, it doesn't really matter, in my opinion, if it's uh, a horse or a human being or anything. When, when, when you're basically putting something into competition that, could ultimately end in its death unless it's a consenting human being. I feel really uncomfortable about it. And these horses, yeah, I agree. They, they don't know any better. You know what I mean? They don't have the option to not be a racehorse. And, and unfortunately, you know, we've already talked about 
divinity and, and God and things like that. We don't know anything about anything beyond what is right in front of us and anything that is put to death for the amusement of human beings. It doesn't sit right with me. It yeah, just, how is that different than dogfighting? It's just prettier and more organized. Right. It's, there, there's, it's, it's cloaked and veiled in like a, a rich man's sport and it's elegant yeah. and we put you know, flowers around the horse's neck when it wins the Kentucky Derby and things like that. But at the end of the day, that horse breaks its leg. I don't care if it's the Kentucky Derby or, you know, at Santa Anita, they end up giving that, that horse the sleepy shot. And it's, it's really sad. It's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what it's is all going on. Why are the, why are all of these horses dying? If I, mean, I remember correctly, Bruce, didn't they say it was something to do with like maybe the track conditions, like the, the horses were, would step into a, uh, a- that was a, that that was on that one situation we were talking about. But I think the thing is that five horses a day around the United States die on racetracks. It actually could be more. Well, but I, I mean that that's the thing. They're her, they're thoroughbred horses. They're designed to race and things like that. But they're still uh, not. I can't, yeah, but I can't, are they are they are they giving these horses that you know? Are they giving them steroids? Are they giving them things to make them perform better? Oh, you uh, know, oh, you yeah. know, right? I mean, right. Of course, there, there's, yeah. There's money on yeah. the line. If there's shortcuts sure. to be taken to ensure a better chance at winning money, absolutely. But the bottom line is this: when a football player plays on Sunday and tears his ACL, what happens? Well, he goes to surgery and he rehabs and he comes back. That's not the case with horses. Once no, you're you're no, yeah, I mean you're. It's not even put out of their misery, Bruce. I'm sure you can probably rehab a broken leg with a horse, okay? It's a leg. It's, it doesn't mean that they're going to die. But the problem is you're talking about a horse that's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars being reduced to just a horse that's a pain in the ass for me to take care of. Why would I continue putting money into this animal that I don't really care about? It's not good to me anymore. Kill it. That's the problem. Listen. I agree. And listen, I love the whole uh, mystique. Oh, that's not the proper word. But I ho- love the whole sophistication, the history. Right. The pomp the, and wait, circumstance, right? Wait, uh, no, no. I'm talking about the Kentucky Derby. Right, I mean, yeah, it's one of the, the most the, the pomp glamorous. and circumstance. Yeah. Like, yeah it's oh, a big they, deal. Okay. It's a big deal. But honestly, being the animal lover that I am, and even if I wasn't, I right now am not going to go watch horse racing. Okay. I just I just can't condone it. Well, I I. I don't like, I've never liked watching dog racing. I've never sure. watched it. I've read enough horrific things about how they're treated, whether that's true of every, you know, track, whatever. I just don't want to cater to it. I know horse racing is a sport of kings. I know it's magnificent. But in my mind, I'm thinking, wait a minute, how many horses died in the last two weeks or two months so that I can sit here with my mint julep and enjoy what I'm watching? Right. And another, thing, hard... another thing that I think you're hitting the nail on the head with, Bruce, is sure, like, th- there's... There's some tradition there. There's some mystique about it, but it's like that old analogy you always said about your father, and I'll let you say it again. This isn't a, a sport that you can really like get into and bet upon. No one is a fan of a horse per se, unless they're going for a, a triple crown. You know, it, it's it's not a, a spectator sport from the sense of I'm a fan of this breeder or I'm a fan of this. This horse, it's it's simply a way to make money. And I don't know. And 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 how do you make money in horse betting? Uh, bet on the right horse. <laughs> no, no, but what would your dad always say about betting on a horse? Oh, and horse racing. He taught me this at nine years old, Lori. He taught me how to play blackjack and play poker. And when it came to horse racing, he said the only way to follow a horse is with a shovel. Don't bet on him. You know. Oh that's wow. It. 
<laughs> well, it's a guaranteed bet that they're going to do some dropping. So there you go. There you go. Wow. I feel bad. I, I feel bad now because you're right. You know, you think um, you, unless you're really, really thinking deeply about it, you're looking at it as entertainment and well, this will be fun. And, you know, for the ladies, I'm going to go buy a new hat and I'm going to wear my beautiful new hat. And, and like you said, sip mint juleps and uh, bet some money and have fun. But now when you start to, when you become aware, once you know, then you can't not know. And now that I know and I'm thinking more deeply about it, I can't enjoy it in the same way. In fact, it's it's I look at it now in the same way that I will consider anybody that is organizing dog fights. It's horrendous. Right. Oh, and, and don't, it's a, don't even get me started on dog fights, Lori. It, <laughs> it's it, not yeah. gonna be a nice conversation. It's a poor <laughs> yeah. it's a poor analogy, but just think if a running back went down on the gridiron on Sunday and instead of you know, carting him off to put ice on the knee and, and try to rehab it back. They just came out and put the, the running back to death. You know what I mean? Like, that's, it's, in the grand scheme of things, I know that there's a disconnect between an animal and a human being, but it, it's a creature dying because they were hurt in an athletic event. It's ridiculous. It's do they put them out? Do they put them to death or do they retire them? No, they, they, have- they kill them, Lori. They put, they put they them part. to sleep. Yeah. Wow. It's like it's almost a gladiatorial attitude. It's like being gladiators. You know, when they're done, they're done and on to the next one. All yeah. right. We have to go on to the next story here. We we talked about the fact of Mount Everest with the amount of uh, people like the most ever in this case that have died climbing the mountain or attempting to climb the mountain. Now, since that conversation we had a few weeks ago, get this. It's so they don't even know what's going on up there. A Mount Everest cleaning crew. Right, collected food wrappers and oxygen tanks and other garbage that's all been discarded by the horde of mountaineers that have gone up the mountain, right? Because the snow is melting. But they found something far more disturbing, okay? Amid 24,000 pounds of garbage that they removed from the mountain during a cleaning period of 45 days, they found four bodies, four corpses in the trash, aside from all the other people that died. I don't know. I know that the term, I climbed it because it's there. Why did you climb it? Because it's there. But it's a dangerous, such a dangerous task right now. This is getting crazy. This is not an easy thing to do. I'm sure it's a great accomplishment. I can't, I'm amazed that it is. <clears throat> but how do four bodies go unfound? That That's what I don't understand. Yeah. Like, how does it, everyone yeah. should be accounted for, right? Like, who are these right. people? And also, too, this is, that's a, that's an expedition that I think requires some money, no? Like, you have to be someone. Oh, it's, not, it's not free, that's for right. sure. Right, that's what I'm saying. You have to be of some sort of stature to get the go-ahead to actually do something like that, where are people going, uh, where's so-and-so? What happened to them? Yep. Well, nobody said that, and now they found them. I mean, Buffer, if I go missing, please please say something to somebody. I I will. I go, you know, (laughs) why isn't this podcast starting? Where the heck are you? You know what? That's what I got. I do your podcast. I do Lori's podcast. So I got two people wondering where the hell I am come Monday, at least. Yeah, call me call me yeah. when he doesn't show up, Lori. I'll give him a call, too. So, yeah, uh, let's let's kind of tag team in on that and uh, keep an eye on him. So, I think, okay. <laughs> well, maybe well, those pe- maybe those people just really weren't, you know, I hate to say it, but maybe uh, maybe they weren't really missed. So what you're what Lori's trying to say is maybe they were dickheads. OK, maybe there are a couple of dicks. <laughs> so, well, spe- speaking of dickheads, OK. Um, who doesn't think O.J. Simpson was guilty? Which Do either of you think O.J. Uh, Simpson was not a, guilty? A jury. That, that, that's about it. A jury. Okay. All right. Well, I think he was guilty. guilty. 
Yeah, guilty, guilty of sin. And right. I told you why. My my business partner's uh, brother was fifth in line on the prosecution team, and after the trial was over, the things that I heard, aside from things we've all seen, whether it's movies, recreations, you name it, the man is guilty. Of what sin, is he? Okay? What is he doing, Bruce? He's he's just living the uh, you know epitome he's, of there's no double jeopardy, right? Like my God, o- what is he doing? OJ is now on Twitter. I know. He went and started an account. He did a video that was shown on TMZ or wherever else more than a year after his release from prison. And this is a man that you know I refused to even announce when he attended an event. I refused to shake his hand. I refused to say anything but his name when I'm talking right now. And that's it. He, in my opinion, is guilty as sin. Anybody have a problem with that? Well, you know where to complain. So well, the bottom. But, but, but first, here's my question. This is this is uh, you sent me the video of him tweeting out and, and what saying, did he say on the video tj what did he say he's got to get even with some people yeah he um, says, I got a little, little getting yeah he goes i got a little getting even to do he what was, does that mean well he was talking about parody accounts but but here's my thing uh this man like you said the public perception of him is that he got away with murder and right or wrong correct he was acquitted okay right, but right. here's here's the problem He's almost making light of it, Bruce. And and how old is he? Is he 79 years old? Uh, 71. 71? Okay. Um, t- to me, I wonder what his mental stability is at this point. And mm-hmm. because he, I, I don't want to say, I, like, wait, I, I don't know how to what? say this without saying, like, he got a get out of jail free card, but he, he has a, a second opportunity at being a private citizen. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't go poke the bear, man. Like, don't don't make a, a a mockery of yourself in in this way. Just be quiet. Go go Here, exist. I agree, but here's the thing: we all know that social media has created a whole new form of marketing. You know, you look at the Instagram models, the quote unquote that most of them is not about talent. It's about being relevant. They're called influencers now. You can make money from social media. I I do it. A lot of people do it. Blah 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 blah. O.J. Simpson has a civil lawsuit claim against him for millions and millions of dollars. So I don't know if he's looking to create income for himself. I'm pulling up a story and, of course, you know, I had to start spitting out uh, uh, audio no, at me. But pull it out, pull did, did, did you see uh, this this Twitter uh, of O.J. Simpson? He sent a, a direct message to someone telling them that they needed to uh delete their parody account and he used a knife emoji in threatening them what yeah what yeah okay he's crazy crazy. they just you know what let's just call it like it is the man is crazy when you have the audacity um and the ego to to go through all that he just went through and we all know he was guilty and to come out and to be that um that just, I don't, I, I mean, is there even a word for it? It's just crazy. It's, uh, he is, he's making um, a mockery out of something when really what you should do is just be quiet, be humble and go away and live a quiet life somewhere. So, Period. so someone, uh, posted, uh, like an interaction that they had with OJ Simpson and he responded to them, uh, via DM that said, uh, quote, seen that video you posted about me. You think I'm playing? Tired of all your BS. I will find your ass and cut you. Don't believe I, me? 
Just watch and see, bitch. And wait, 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 slow down one second. I got to ask one thing. Are uh -huh. you telling me that is not a parody account? You're telling me that is OJ's account because he's on probation, if I'm not Correct. mistaken. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And, and let me get back to that. So uh, this this is uh, a point of concern um, that he's he's on probation. He's out on parole. And if this is all to be true, this is from his uh, account. Um, the Nevada Division uh, of Parole uh, could launch an inquiry and investigation into this because he would be in uh, a violation, violation of his terms of uh, release. So wow, mm -hmm. wow! I I don't I I it, spe it speaks for itself. There's no well, co more comment needed. What's interesting to me, 71 years old, and I'm not trying to say that older people don't know how to use technology, but heck, I I don't even know how to use technology half the time. What what are the odds that O.J. Simpson doesn't realize that? You know, a direct message on Twitter can be, you know, screenshotted and, and shared to the world. Like our president of the United States doesn't even realize it. OK, so, I mean, what's to say about O.J.? Yeah, you know? I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I mean, you know why I said that? Because Trump puts out the president Trump puts out these tweets. He gets criticized for gets caught in in fabrication. People claiming they're fabricated, whatever the case might be. You think before you leap, think before you tweet. You right. know? Yeah. I mean, th that's the we've talked about Twitter. Uh, multiple times and and this, it's a little bit different of a saying but m my belief is you'll never get a job from twitter you'll only lose a job uh from twitter and for the most part nothing really good comes from social media other than just promoting things when you start sharing opinions when you start getting crazy like this uh it's just gonna end poorly and uh i, I don't know what the end game is here for oj simpson if it really is him and he's just trolling everybody or or what, but I, I guess we're talking about him. So in this TMZ world, uh, you, you might want to say that's winning, but my goodness, I don't know. Well, let me tell you who, let me tell you who is winning. And Lori, I'm sure you, we, one thing we talk about on our show, Lori, again, switching gears here is we talk about the legalization of marijuana in the country and how we support it. Um, it's not about whether we enjoy it or not. It's about CBDs, marijuana. There's definite benefits to it medically. Uh, especially in many different areas, which people need to be able to get access to. And it's happening from the 18 or 19 states that's legalized it. Colorado talking about doing well. And I hope they take this money and pay teachers and police officers and firemen, firewomen more. But they have now made more than $1 billion from the legalization and sale of marijuana, right? Um, wow. Now Beijing, China, is claiming that because of the legalization of marijuana in our country, it is now, <clears throat> pardon me, it has now created a threat to China because Beijing's leading drug enforcement body is blaming the legalization of marijuana in Canada and parts of the United States for a, a huge spike they're having, the amount of drugs being smuggled into their country. Uh, we're, we're ticking off the Chinese again. Oh, you mean, a, uh, you mean a communist country doesn't want their people imbibing in a substance that leads to, you know, open thought? And open thinking. Well, they're upset. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, all I don't saying. see. I don't see. I don't see mushrooms being legalized in China anytime soon, like they are starting to be here in the United States. But uh, according to uh, uh, this article here, China intercepted 115 packages that were sent through international postal, you know, like mail uh, parcels containing a total of 55 kilograms, which is uh, 1,940 ounces of cannabis and cannabis products in 2018. That sounds like a lot, but it doesn't really seem like a lot but that's that's enough for them to get a little ticked off i, mean, I don't so, know bruce when i was a kid people basically uh, equated marijuana with you know crack cocaine and 
heroin and the hardest of hard drugs. And we've, we've evolved as a society to realize that that's just not the case. But unfortunately, in other countries and other places, it's still going to be vilified and, and, and criminalized. And I, I don't know. I, I just hope it's going to take a while, but it's going to happen. But hey, they can drink alcohol in China. And yeah. they do yeah. <laughs> right? a yeah. lot of it. So, yep. you know, that's that's my thing. I think I don't know how you can possibly come up with any really great reason or excuse that if you can have alcohol be legal, how do you not have marijuana be legal? Let well, me say, my biggest knock against marijuana is I can't handle pothead culture. Sometimes they drive me crazy. I, I don't disagree with them. But I, we've all met the guy that wants to tell you how marijuana is the greatest thing on the planet. And while I'm not disagreeing, I don't know why that's got to be your life statement and your mission statement. But are you, are you talking to Joe Rogan? Uh, I, I'm, <laughs> you know, honestly, man, like I, I get it. That, that, that's my biggest thing about marijuana being legalized recreationally and medicinally is I just don't need to hear about how great it is anymore. It's a well-known fact that there are benefits of marijuana. Please stop talking about it and take a shower. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me let me end this uh, one article story on one thing. China, okay, for the we we do shows in China now. Okay, we're going uh, to China at the end of August to Shenzhen. Uh, Shenzhen, I'll I'll say it right when I say it. Um, If you're caught with 1.76 ounces or more than 50 grams, you're gonna you can face the death penalty in China. They're not screwing around. For, for weed, weed buff. They're that, not, I mean, come on yeah. now. Keep those vape pens home when you travel to China, folks. Keep that stuff home. Be careful. That's whenever you leave this, yeah, whenever you go to this, another foreign country, if you ever saw the movie Midnight Express and other films yes. I can mention, do your homework and see where things are legal. I'm talking if you have a CBD product in your bag or if you have a vape pen with marijuana, in it, don't take any chances. That's all I want to say. Well, my only now, thing is, though, with, with it being as legal as it is and, and how many people partake in it in this country uh, between edibles and, like you said, vape pens. And, and even if you just have some resin on your property, you can find yourself in hot water in a foreign land by complete mistake. So. Yeah, I think the travel advisory there, Bruce, is, is warranted. Please mind your P's and Q's when traveling abroad. Absolutely. Now, get this. A 2,500-year-old tomb that was opened, right? It offers the earliest evidence that humans were actually using cannabis to get high 2,500 years ago. And do you know where this tomb was found? In western China. Right. (laughs) So, all right, China, you might put them to death, but you know what? I think you got a little history here. I think you got a little marijuana history going on here from this article. If they found this. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, man. Oh, by the way, uh, there's only, excuse me, they burned hot stones. Get this. The cannabis was burned on hot stones inside wooden braziers or not bras, braziers. I don't know what that means. Oh, containers for hot coals. Right. So, they burned it on the hot stones, these containers for hot coals, because that was the only way cannabis could be smoked prior to the arrival of pipe technology, which wasn't until many, many, many years later. So let me ask well, you, if they're doing it on hot stones, is, is maybe that where the the phrase stone, getting, getting stone, stone getting came stoned. from? Aha! Uh-huh. Oh, China, thank you. They have helped us with a lot of our marijuana culture. Isn't that amazing? But yet Look they'll still that. put you to death for it. Okay. Excellent trivia. Excellent trivia. There you go. Well, the richest boxers in the world have been named. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, of course, is uh, this was done by Pro MMA Now. 
the independent voice of mixed martial arts. Well, Pro MMA now, with all respect, do some more homework because they say that boxing is among the most popular sports worldwide, which it always has been. We know that. The, the number one position in boxing, Floyd Mayweather, net worth $560 million, 17 years in boxing. Number three. I'm skipping number two for a reason. Number three was Bob Arum. Number four was George Foreman, Oscar De La Hoya, five, Manny Pacquiao, six, Don King, seven, Lennox Lewis, eight, Sugar Ray Leonard, nine. Do you know who number two is on this list, TJ and Lori? No idea. Mm -mm. Wild guess. Michael Buffer. Michael Buffer. Are you kidding me? Michael Buffer. They put down Michael Buffer. I love this when they say it. I, I have said for years that since Michael and I trademarked you know, let's get ready to rumble and got it all together. And, and I started doing my thing with Michael as his partner and manager. Um, we sold over $400 million in retail sales of products and ventures license uh, for the use of let's get ready to rumble and Michael's image over the last 25 years. Okay. That doesn't mean that's in our pocket or in Michael's pocket. That's gross sales. Granted, it's a, he- a heck of a sales achievement, but they say Michael, Bu- <laughs> I always love this. Michael has a net worth of $400 million. Really? Where's my commissions? I want, I want right. my commission I mean, of that $400 million. That, that, That's the thing, too. I mean, I see a handful of articles every year, Bruce, about you and, and Michael, and they're just not factually correct. I mean, they're they're flattering, but they say, Michael Buffer gets $5 million every time he says, let's get ready to rumble. Bruce Buffer gets paid $3 million every time he says, it's time. I love you, Bruce. I know you would do this even if there wasn't uh, as much money involved as there is, but if you were making that much money over the course of how many UFCs that you've done, you would have bought an island by now. We've never heard from you again. Well, actually, I did, and I'm talking to you from my yacht. Oh, God. Okay? Sorry. Right, yeah. Yeah. You're in route to that island you, right now. You in never route. know with that stuff. I remember a few years ago, somebody told me that um, they had looked at Eric's, um, I don't know, Wikipedia or something, and they said to me, so... You're worth, or he's worth $10 million. And I was like, really? Honey, (laughs) there's something you want to share with me? (laughs) Because I don't know where that is. is He's like, what? But uh, yeah, so you just, the stuff that that shows up, it's like, where where do they get this? Where does it come from? Um, It's it's not always accurate. I mean, that's a problem. Notoriety, people just equate with dollars. And if you have any notoriety, you must be rich because I saw you on TV or now on Twitter or YouTube for that matter. I don't know. Just tell Eric, say, Eric, listen, I'm on the way to the attorney's office. How much money are you worth again? (laughs) (laughs) Got to get this straight, you know? Right. (laughs) What's mine is yours, and what's yours is definitely mine, right? Uh, What's mine is yours, and what's yours is 50% mine. So it's all good, Eric. Yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) It's all good. Yeah. We talked about health early in the show. I'm going to end this show on the story here. We talked about health early in the show, the importance to it. I uh, personally don't eat meat at all anymore except, well, I shouldn't say at all. Maybe a few times a year I'll have some bison, and it tastes incredible when I do, but I'm I'm not a big meat eater. I purposely have stopped eating meat. I, I love uh, partial vegan. I love my salmon and, of course, chicken, although we heard an article recently that chicken now they claim is as bad for you as meat is in respect to what effects it can have on the uh, cholesterol levels in right. your blood. But also, Every- too, in, in salmon, didn't we read an article not long ago that said they were finding trace amounts of cocaine in salmon? Yes. 
Yes, they could. The salmon, the wild salmon, which is what you should never eat farm salmon, period. Right. Uh, wi wild right. salmon, yes, you go for it. But they're fine. They found trace elements of cocaine. Whether, however much, I don't know. But those salmon are partying up in Alaska, obviously. Right. Huh. Not to mention they're like also radioactive or whatever, too. So I, I don't know. Lori, don't you eat a lot of uh, like wild, not wild stuff, but like unorthodox meat? I know you guys live out yeah. in, in Wyoming. You, you, you don't just get yeah. everything from the store and eat beef. No, no. And Wild is absolutely right. Um, we're, we're not big meat eaters either. But when we do, um, we eat wild game because we hunt. So last night I had some uh, elk. So we, we always, if we're going to have red meat for the most part, with a, sometimes we have an exception, you know, for having a big group of people over or something. But Eric and I um, mostly like fish. Again, like you, Bruce, we are, um, salmon eaters. I love salmon, only wild caught salmon, you know, we're sushi eaters. Um, and if we're going to have red meat though, it's something that we hunted and harvested ourselves and it's, it's clean and, and it's wild. So, um, you know, I don't feel bad about that. I, uh, I, why I, would you, why would, I mean, yeah. the, the conditions no, that farm animals are brought up in and then also too, right. like I'm, I'm Atrocious. so, I, I get sick to my stomach every single time I hear about a gigantic, uh, meat recall because, you know, we find out that there's, uh, you know, tainted, uh, chicken meat or, you know, there, there's some sort of, uh, yeah. issue with, I remember, I think it was like a decade ago, like all ground beef in like certain packages, they were worried about something called like a pink slime like it's mm -hmm. nasty it's Very. nasty and and the sheer inhumanity of you know that kind of business when it's basically manufacturing animals is really a turn off i just prefer not to have anything to do with it so we pretty much stick to wild game um you know wild fish and uh, seafood and um and vegetables that's it that's that's the way to go and uh I am not a hunter, but I'm happy to hear that if you do hunt, you eat your game, which is very important. I'm, I'm not big on the trophy hunters out there. No, but, we, we don't trophy hunt. No, no, I, I gather that, and, and yeah. I commend you on, on your and Eric's efforts as far as your nutritional intake. Now, with, with the uh, mention of this, there's a company that just went public recently. Their stock has literally doubled since they opened. You've probably heard of it. It's called Beyond Meat, and Beyond Meat is making meatless burger patties, sausages, the whole bit. They're all plant-based. As I say, go plant, not processed. But I actually eaten some of their foods, and the person introduced it to me was Snoop Dogg when I was over at an, uh, an event that he had at his compound uh, here in Los Angeles where he served Beyond Meat hamburgers to everybody. And I got to tell you, they tasted incredible. I've heard incredible. really, really good things about that. Uh, look it up when you have some time. Um, but there's a place up in Northern California that does watermelon steak. And they Ooh. prepare the watermelon literally like they would one of the finest uh, cuts of beef. And it's very expensive, but uh, people rant and rave about how amazing it is. It, it's grilled, it's smoked, it's got like typical uh, steak seasoning on it, but it's a piece of watermelon. And Try to, try to, to Google that, try to find the name of the company before we finish in the next couple of minutes sure. if you can. Um, the Beyond Burger, I they basically they use coconut oil, cocoa butter uh, to give it like a marbling effect, but it gives it a really delicious taste. And it's, you know, bean and rice protein and all. Lori, it was amazing how good this tasted. And I've gone to a couple of restaurants here. Like I went to a restaurant in uh, Hollywood that was a vegan restaurant and they had like carnita tacos, right? Mm -hmm. So I had I ordered them. They tasted just like beef. They tasted awesome. 
So I'm not saying don't stop eating meat. I'm not saying that, but bring as much health into your diet as you possibly can. It's very important. Processed foods are an absolute no-no. And of course, these are packaged themselves, but you buy the hot dogs, you buy the bologna, you buy all that. It's it's just not good for you, folks. Go natural. Go natural. Go go plant-based as best you possibly can. It's Uh, important. It is called uh, Southpaw Barbecue in uh, San Francisco. They also do a watermelon ham. Um, and, yeah, there's uh, the, the ham place is uh, by a, a, a restaurant in Brooklyn, New York, called Duck's Eatery. Uh, when you have a, a second, guys, Google it because it, it looks like a piece of meat. The way that it's prepared, uh, if you were vegan or vegetarian, you may even be put off. Uh, the way that it's presented, it looks so realistic and apparently tastes pretty good. What is the name of it again, please? Uh, the well, d- just do me a favor and just type into Google "watermelon steak" or "watermelon ham," and you'll find it. Okay, it comes that sounds up. amazing. I got. I want to look at that. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't like ham, but I love watermelon. So I wonder what a watermelon ham tastes like. Right. Yeah, I, I see it right. Wow, doesn't it look crazy? Yeah. Wow. I got to try. It. I'm going to order this just to try it. You should. Yeah, very, very cool. Maybe we very can get cool. someone on the show to talk about that because, I, I mean, I would love uh, love the opportunity to maybe uh, taste it for myself, but I don't want to pay for it because it's expensive. They're on the show. We get the freebies. Do your work, producer. Get that guest ready. Next week, I want a free steak. All right, I'll Watermelon. Do I'll do Watermelon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lori, a pleasure having you on the show. I hope you enjoyed yourself and, and your career and everything that you talked about is extremely fascinating, very beneficial to everybody you work with and for that you're to be commended because you're doing what I what I like to do which is a three-foot theory if everybody around me is happy healthy makes the income they should make then I know that I'm going to receive all those benefits too so it's, it's an unselfish attitude and you have to have that attitude to be a performance uh, coach as you are yourself most definitely so congratulations I love everything you said Thank you. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it, and and, um, I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity to be on your show and and chat with you. Thank you so much, both of you. And I'm going to speak on Lori's behalf. I think that, Bruce, you should come on the We're Talking Shift podcast and talk about your journey a little bit because the the show that Lori does, uh, I'm not the target audience. I tell Lori this all the time. I'm not the demographic for what she's, you know, trying to, uh, you know, reach people in. And I'm fascinated show after show like the theme uh, of Lori's show generally is is talking about going rogue and stepping outside of your uh, bubble and what is normal and finding success and and taking chances and and learning a lot about yourself. And Bruce, I think you've done that time and time again, uh, you know, changing the the many directions that you have. And uh, it's a fun show. And I I think it'd be be great to have you on sometime. I would love to. I'm sorry, Lori. Great, Bruce. Uh, if you would, if you would accept the invite, I would love to have you. I would love to accept the invite to be on. We're talking shift. Just don't ask me to say that three times fast. I might mispronounce it. Or so we're all well, <laughs> he'll say it once or twice, but the third time he says it, Lori, he he hits you with an invoice. So <laughs> you know. got it. Duly noted. No problem. <clears throat> I specialize in podcast introductions, and I love being on podcasts. So, Lori, definitely, please, whenever it's available uh, to you, uh, contact me through TJ or contact me directly and would be honored to be on your show. Awesome. Let's do it. Thank you. You got it. All right, Lori, listen, you have a great weekend. Enjoy. Please, again, say hi to Eric for me. Absolutely. And from my brother, Michael. I told him you were going to be on the show, and, and he extended the same thing to both of you, okay? 
Wonderful. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. TJ, always great to have you on the show, my co-host friend. And I know you're going to get us a nice new guest from uh, Watermelon Steak Company sometime in the near future. Let's do it, TJ. I want to talk that conversation. Yeah, I want to eat that steak, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> there you go. All right, everybody. Treat everybody around you with respect. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Set your goals. Write them down. Plan them properly. Learn everything about them. So when you step on that path in life, be the best you can be. Do the best job you can do because that means you're winning no matter what the results. And we're all about winning on It's Time Radio. Thanks to Lori Bischoff for being on the show. Thanks to my partner, TJ DeSantis. Thanks to all of you for listening. We'll be back next week. Buffer out. It's Time with Bruce Buffer is a TJ DeSantis production and is property of Buffer Enterprises Incorporated. Its content is intended for private use only.